Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to The Ruck. My name's Stephen Jones. We usually start off with some frippery uh, making fun of our panel and uh, today's panel has plenty of scope for that. But um, before we do, um, uh, just just a serious note. On the weekend uh, in the Sunday Times, and I'm not saying this to sell papers or for any other reason, but because it's uh, important for us today, I interviewed Mark Jennings, the former sale player, whose life, uh, beyond any doubt, was saved by the support he received in extremists from the Rugby Players Association and their backup um, uh, schemes and their backup systems. Mark uh, suffered a terrible uh, childhood, uh, uh, started drinking um, at the age of 15 and in his 20s was addicted to painkillers, to to drugs and to all sorts of substances. And um, it blew up in the search for his real father uh, way back in South Africa years ago he found out um, that his real father was actually someone who'd raped his natural mother. Um, and if there's ever uh, an indication that um, professional rugby is not all glitz and glamour, it was in um, Mark's testimony and story. I'm not saying you have to buy it. I'm just telling you that's why, partly why we're here today and what we're going to talk about. We're in the company of an illustrious panel. We've got 137 caps between us. Um, <laughs> admittedly, the legendary Rochelle Clark has got all 137 of those. As we all know, she's the most capped England player of all time. Uh, Rochelle, not only that, but Chesham, under your coaching, just been promoted. Is that correct? Is is indeed, yeah. The two boys have just been promoted. And you do, you dominated the BBO Premier League, as far as I can see? Yes, almost, uh, until this weekend. We had a loss, unfortunately. So we had okay. um, we won the, the promotion a week before, and then, uh, yeah, we didn't quite have the, the team we needed out. OK, and how much of that um, promotion run would you put down to the coaching? Oh, all of it, of course, okay, naturally. That's, okay. <laughs> that's, that's what they all say. Rochelle will be telling us about this weekend's Terrell's Premier 15's semi-finals. There's two great games there, one Saturday, one Sunday. And a second guest, uh, unfortunate not to win cap, some people feel. Christian Day played brilliantly for Sale and for Northampton in the second row. Over 300 games in the Premiership before retirement. Christian, do you feel uh, body-wise that you had 300 games in the Premiership? I feel a lot better now than I did six months ago, I'd, I'd say that. Have you got any sort of things that in the morning force you to stay in bed for half an hour or take you half the, an hour uh, to bed? The titanium, Easy. The titanium bolts in my neck prevent that from moving very much and the yeah. uh, the bolts in my ankle, but um, no, I, I, I feel pretty good physically actually. Christian is a former uh, chairman of the RPA and now the player liaison manager and a very, very important post and one I think talking to you Christian you take it almost as seriously or possibly as seriously as you did your professional rugby career yeah it's a, it's a new role it's, it's been created specifically for me and um, yeah they're not an easy bunch to work with our professional athletes so uh, my work cut out but uh, it's very very enjoyable we've noticed that actually <laughs> and thirdly after a lovely skiing break Owen Slot <laughs> literally <laughs> literally and he's holding up his savagely wounded left wrist with a black plaster on it 
You, not many panellists would be brave enough to come in with this no, sort of injury. But I think you've done really, really I well. I have. I've fought through the tube and here I am. He's been sadly missed. Actually, the couple of weeks you were away, Slotty, the, the office and, and the studio were besieged by people desperately trying to get in, saying, we want Slotty. <laughs> we found afterwards a lot of them were bailiffs, but they were <laughs> fans. Um, maybe the newsworthy line of the week is that Leicester Tigers, we've all been thinking, well, there's no way they'll go down. There's no way they'll go down. Suddenly... You think that they're playing Newcastle away on Friday. Should Newcastle win with a bonus point, which actually is not beyond the bounds of possibility, it's not likely, but it's not beyond the bounds, and should um, uh, Worcester uh, put away, uh, should Worcester win their game this weekend, then Leicester are bottom. It's absolutely incredible. And Christian, did you ever think you'd see the day when Leicester were battling relegation? Probably not, to be honest. I mean, you, certainly three or four years ago, you'd never have said it was possible. But um, yeah, the pressure's on now. Uh, they've got they've got two big home games for me that, that I think they, they'll need to win to, to stay up. And I think they're, they're quite lucky that Welford Road does tend to be a happy hunting ground for them because I think those two, like I say, they need to win them. Hmm. Rochelle, I know you follow all the, the Premiership stuff, but was there ever a time, or can are you almost, um, um, you can't believe it yourself, that the Tigers are in the relegation mess? I know, growing up as a kid, they've always been really dominant, and it's it's quite a, a shock to see them down in the sort of bottom three and with the potential to go bottom, depending on the weekend's results. So, yeah, I, I never thought that, and you've got you know fantastic players there, but it's just not coming together. And Owen, um, we've both been involved in the debate, as is everybody, as to whether there should be promotion and relegation. Hmm. And what you know, the people who want to to to, re, to ring fence it off, um, they always say, "Well, of course, last year London Irish were, were way out of it, and so it was boring." Well, this year has been the most fantastic thing. Uh, sports editors of, of all shapes and sizes are, are into it. It's horrible if you're involved in it, but it's unbelievably exciting for fans and for journos. It is an amazing story. Isn't it? I, th- I think in, in previous years we haven't had a, a decent relegation battle in it, and it hasn't been an item of, of any interest because the team that's been bottom has, has sunk like a tra- like a stone from the start of the season. But uh, th- this season the battle at the top is is distinctly uninteresting because Saracens and Exeter are, have just pulled away and, and they're clearly a class above everyone else. And, mm. and I think we'd all be rather surprised if we didn't see a Saracens Exeter final, which is the same final as last year. So so we have got this really really amazing. Uh, story at the bottom um, Newcastle are bottom at the moment they were in the top four last year I mean that's that's an extraordinary um, fact in itself but 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 we you know you can't get away from seeing Leicester down there and the genuine possibility that they could go down and I don't think they're the administrators are going to be able to prevent relegation this season Christian you you saw uh, your old lads yesterday at Northampton against Gloucester absolutely really great match for what you might call the the, the committed spectator or the uncommitted spectator as well but um, did you get the impression that Gloucester really, despite their win yesterday, have got a lot to do to challenge should they make the last four? Uh, well, they were certainly good with the ball, um, absolutely lethal. And, and Mark Atkinson in the centre, first first half hat trick, but he's, he's been on form for quite some time now. Under the radar, no one really seems to take notice of the fact of how good a distributor he is. Um, but yeah, defensively, Saints are good with the ball this year, let's be honest, but, but defensively you could see... Exeter and Saracens making some hay there and then we all know how good Saracens and Exeter's defence is so yeah there's some work to do for Gloucester without a doubt but certainly with the ball very very potent and uh, just going, going through your old clubs um, Sale after an abysmal start of the season um, uh, and now coming strongly and, and challenging for fourth place and which if any of the top four um, at least they are a team in form do you, you obviously still follow Sale what do you think? I think they've gone back to what made Sale successful when I was there a long, long time ago, which was making a Friday night in Sale a horrible place to go. And I think, yeah. uh, I think you saw was that, that on the field or off the field. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, good night out afterwards. But um, no, I think you saw that with Harlequins brought some niggle as they as they tend to do. But but Sale were more than up to the challenge, hmm. and 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 they've got in Tom Curry, I think, an absolutely superb young player who was again fantastic on Friday night alongside John O'Ross in the back row as well who's another player who just every week seems to perform hmm. um, and they're difficult to beat aren't they they're, they're, they're a handful uh, Rocky um, Wasps um, have had a disastrous run they seem to revive this week this is the Wasp men's team uh, revive this week with a, a win that was must have caused so much relief it must have almost blown the walls down there 
What, yeah. what vibes have you got from the men's team? This was a really, really belated victory. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it ends the run of, of four defeats, and uh, Nathan Hughes for me was just the talisman to to get him on the front foot. Big ball carrier, go forward, and Brad Shields as well on form. Mm. With um, Hughes uh, with his uh, two tries, just was phenomenal for me, and then Shields uh, get you know turning over ball, just mm. work right around the park. And I, I think you've got to go to those guys to uh, to get you back on track. It's a shame in that case that these are Nathan Hughes's final games yeah. for the club. So. Uh, what what was on the way back? One, the other thing is that the concept of the big game. Bath played um, Bristol at Twickenham this week. The first few games that Bath tried to stage there, you didn't feel they had that authenticity about them. This time, it sound, it looked absolutely wonderful. There were sixty odd thousand there. They showed the Bath team walking down a blue, black, and white carpet into the dressing room. It all, it all looked absolutely fantastic. Um, Sotty, what's your view about the big games? We've been to I've been to a big game at. Um, London Stadium, Sarri's Quinns recently. There's the one at, the, at Christmas. There's the one at the start of the year when they had a double header. Are they sort of? They, they've really caught on. Do we like them or do we not like them? Well, I think I think um, they are <clears throat> brilliant um, marketing for the for the Premiership. They, they I, th- I always find it amazing that, that Saracens often don't fill their ten thousand Alliance Park ground, but. Um, you, you stuck them in Wembley or the Olympic Stadium or the London Stadium, whatever it is this week, or Spurs next year, and and that they're getting, you know, they, they were getting eighty thousand to Wembley. It was extraordinary, and and so uh, and likewise, Bath filling or doing a, doing a good job at um, at uh, Twickenham. Mm-hmm. Quite quite often, I the, the games I've been to are rarely real firecrackers. I've seen a couple of good. Harlequins um, big games, uh, the, the one they always stage uh, just after Christmas. But quite often they're not. I've seen. Um, I went to the first Bath big game, and then I saw most of last weekend's on on the on the TV. I, I just wonder if I mean, it's, it's it's a bit it's, it's a bit mealy mouth to, to say that, that maybe because there's so many new fans who aren't sort of passionate till I die fans that 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 these games don't maybe have quite the same crackle that they might do. It, is that miserable of me, or is it just... No, but the thing is, we, rugby can exist just on its, on its existing fans, so I think it, it's got to be like that. If someone's come for the first time, that's good, not bad, surely. Yeah. OK, so I'll stick with that uh, okay. with that appraisal then. Christian, did you ever play in one of those big games where someone switches? Yeah, yeah what, loads. What? Um, I mean, at Saints, we took a few to Milton Keynes, and had yeah, you know, right. big crowds on there. We had yeah. one, I remember one game against Saracens. One year was a cracking game, so... It, it, it's the question is for that home team how much do you want to go away from your, your safety net how much do you want to go away from your home changing room where everything's comfortable and and you know take a punt on some, some new people seeing the game and, and putting on the show it's you know, if Bath had lost at the weekend and, and gone that game towards relegation battle uh, they might have been asking that question but they sure. won so they're, they're happy as anything Rocky um, there's a great issue in the women's game at the moment you, you've played at Twickenham and and Everyone knows what a great honour it is to, to play for your country at Twickenham. Um, this year, um, they took a game to Doncaster and they took a game to Exeter, which were both fervent, especially in Exeter where they almost sold the ground out. There was a magnificent atmosphere, very supportive of England. And suddenly you think, well, which is best, playing in that game or playing at the home of rugby, but actually after a main international in the, in the dark of a kind of English winter? Is that um, a tough call for the game to make from now on? And what did you think about playing at Twickenham? Um, I feel like obviously moving the game around has has grown the support now. So if you still went up to Doncaster, and I think it was a five thousand crowd, and then mm. down to Exeter, ten and a half thousand. And recently, we've just had the game changer at Quinns, and they and they got a record crowd, almost mm. five thousand for a, for a club game. So there there is obviously you know. A, backing to it I, I think it is good to, to get the uh, the game to go around the country and if you have that kind of following if you go down to uh, the southwest I think it's you know something that you've, you've got to do regularly there is definitely something really special about playing at Twickenham um, there was a big crowd there as well but after a men's game when it starts emptying that that's possibly not the best way to do it perhaps the um it could be changed to maybe before um people have to get tickets to both whatever it is but mm. certainly i think it's a good idea to get around the country but equally at least once a year playing at twickenham would be good just tell me um 
you know, the, the, the women's game's changing by the second. Um, you know this because you've got your antennae all over the place. But for, I'll give you one example. One of our local clubs in Berkshire tried to start a women's team. And instead of getting six or seven people, they got 40-odd. Wow. 38 of which never played before yeah, that's brilliant and it really is replicated all over the place it's like like a forest fire i mean did you ever see the day when this this would happen i mean suddenly okay it's not just a phenomenon of rugby it's all sports yeah um you know i think women are finding a sort of real a new freedom and a new access to sponsors tv etc but grassroots is just bombing yeah i think the real catalyst uh, when i first started noticing it was the 2012 olympics and yeah. everybody got behind sport whether it was uh, men or women or mixed or whatever everybody got behind women's sport and i think a lot more people took it up and then you had your this girl can campaign mm. and that that made a lot of people realize that 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 sport is and fitness is for everybody um and it's just great that we can get so many, you know, new faces coming to rugby. And I, I think it is one of the fastest growing sports now. And the coverage and, you know, support that it's had, I think it's just going to, you know, r- absolute rocket, as you said. And, and we're starting to see the benefits now. Shame it wasn't five years ago, you know, so I could have enjoyed <laughs> some of it. But certainly um, it's it's absolutely When you say, sure, you've enjoyed some of it. Did you not enjoy all of it? Yeah, of in course. In a different I way. I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, you know, being a, a member of the team since 2003 and seeing mm. it grow, you know, when we used to have like three men and a dog watching to now we're getting crowds over 10,500, mm-hmm. you know, that that is really something it's special. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, do you not think it's, it's, um, it's great that you have been... Uh, kind of like a, a pioneer, you you have been the pioneer. I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Mm. Um, but but uh, Jones, you you've travelled around the world covering sport long, longer than I have. It when I when I started as a sports writer, I was actually surprised. When I went to countries like New Zealand, uh, Australia in particular, South Africa a bit, but the United States uh, very much so. That their coverage and 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 their the appreciation of women's sport was was decades ahead of where, where we are. We're actually quite behind here. We're playing catch-up. We think we're, I don't know, do, do we think we're progressive? We probably don't anymore. But um, I, 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 was, I just always found, found, found that that really struck me. Wow, you know, that the, the, the women's professional sports and participation were so, so much more well, encouraging think, than, than in the UK. I think that's true in North America. But I, I wouldn't say anyone, how can anyone be behind New Zealand in any form of life? Okay, well, I, I, that was a foolish suggestion. Okay. But, They've um, still got Ford Anglia. <laughs> but they might have women wearing trainers who were playing for their country 20 yes, years ago yes they did yeah christian um in in the rpa you've now got significant um uh, influx of of uh, of uh, women professional players how's that changed the balance of it and and, and how's that changed your job and do you find them sort of more receptive than the hardened old pros? Well, so we had the women's uh, sevens team for a couple of years now, and, mm. and they've—I mean, they're a fantastic group of athletes, and that's what they are, real athletes. Some of those mm. girls have taken up rugby and new because they just fit with sevens. I think they've got ex-professional sprinters, and and they, they were great to work with. But this year, obviously, with the the women's fifteens team going fully professional, so we now represent the EPS squad. Quite quite a lot of work went on with with hammering out their mm. contracts for for this year for what's the first time and and working with them it's it's fantastic to be honest as a, as a playing group they're absolutely fantastic but professionalism is going to change how that group of, of women are going to work and and that's why we want to be there to support them it's brilliant that they're now being paid to play rugby but we don't want them all down in tools because they they all had jobs before mm. they're now fully professional athletes but. We don't want them all to down tools. We want them to carry on with their career development just the same, so that when they finish playing professional rugby and however long that is, they've they've got something to fall back on and and to carry on their career like most rugby players have to. So is that fair enough, Rocky? Yeah. It, what I found really interesting um, was some of the some of the girls now coming into um, into the sevens and fifteens. Their their first job is to be a professional rugby player, and I just think that that's amazing but as you said we have to have to keep these girls skilled ready for when they ha- finish rugby and um and go into the into the real world but it's it's brilliant that there's such good support out there for them and the pathway uh, owen just uh, one, one final word on the on the premiership leicester newcastle i presume um that that's your target on friday 
the, uh, at Kingston Park. Is, is it the biggest game of the of the Premiership season so far? I so think so. Is. I think in many ways it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, so if if Newcastle, uh, sorry, if Leicester win that, then th- then they're getting close to, to safety. safety. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they if they don't, then 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 the the, the two weeks after that are just going to be extraordinary. Mm. Um, yeah, the, I think I think it is the biggest game of, of the season so far of uh, the Premiership club game because, uh, as you say, the, the the story of the year has been what's happening at the bottom, and, and that feels like a bit of a climax. And it it just shows again. You said that uh, I've done it longer than you. I've done it longer than anybody, I think. But um, the amazing thing about the Premiership is you had to be there at the very start to appreciate what it's become. And you never ever thought it would be anything like like it's become. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely. And now something which is becoming uh, bigger and bigger is Terrell's Premier Fifteen weekend. And um, I was going to um, ask uh, Rocky what her pre-match uh, program was, but sadly it's been interfered with a little bit with a, a, a wedding with one of your friends in Ireland. Rocky has a very bad clash. I know I'm, I'm pretty gutted to be fair, but yeah, I know the the girls are going to be uh, up up for the game um, against um, Saracens. So it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting because uh, Saracens are missing a few key players themselves with mm. with injuries. Saracens pack have been phenomenal this year. You have got massive ball carriers, and then you have got the likes of uh, Bryony Cleal, mm. Marley Packer, and Vicky Fleetwood out with injury. Um, so that that all. Uh, you know, help us out a little bit, um, but they've still got the likes of Poppy Cleo, Hannah Bottomman, and Zoe Harrison uh, getting them on the front foot with her kicking game. So mm. it's it's going to be really tough, um, but you know, never say never. It's one v four, and you you've just got to throw everything at it. It's one game to win to get yourself in the final, and and the girls are certainly up for it. Just on the front row note, Hannah Bottomman and um, Sarah Bowen. I mean, what what a pairing they could become. Yeah, those those girls are just uh, another level in terms of ball carrying, mm. the line breaks, the the soft hands they've got. It's it's a new breed of prop, and it's it's so exciting to see. I just want to make sure that they keep scrummaging at the forefront because mm. you know you need to win your set piece. But they've both been developing really well this season in the in their scrummaging. But it's it's lovely to see them out in the back line putting the putting wingers away or bowling the way through. They're like two bowling balls. It's uh, it's great to see. Can I just ask on on Saracens with the men's team? We talk a lot about uh, how why they're different, or, or rather the players like to talk about why they're different, or their culture's different, or their training's better, or whatever. And is there something that is there is there a, is there a, a uh, do the women's team like to uh, distinguish themselves from from others in the same way? Do they feel that they're um, better, different, I don't know, superior? Or um... I think they're just used to winning. Like you know, it, they've won seventeen out of eighteen of their games, so it it would be a massive upset if they got beat. So even there's been a few games that they've been uh, close down to the wire the last five minutes, and they've just nicked it at the end. Um, Poppy Cleal making a massive difference um, coming on and and. Uh, I think there was maybe like 16 point difference and then they came back to win against um, one one of the teams and to have that ability and that mindset to, to be like don't worry we'll win it and when you've got massive ball carriers like I mentioned um, five five of the big girls um, getting your front foot ball and then Zoe's just got an armchair ride with George Gulliver uh, putting Given her a zippy pass, then she, she can just go. Just, just to clarify, the uh, the Saturday game is at Allianz Park, home of Saracens, between Saracens and Wasps. Uh, that's the first against the fourth in the uh, in the final table, and the Sunday game is at the Stoop between Harlequins and Loughborough Lightning, new new to the last four. Rocky um, Quins at home would be would be narrow favourites, although Loughborough Lightning have got some players too. Yes, and that for me, that's going to be. You know, it's close to call. To be fair, um, so Quinns again—they've had a phenomenal pack with the likes of um, Vicky Cornborough, Abby Scott, Jade Conkle, just big ball carriers, and and they're a heavy pack as well. So they're, they're very hard to scrummage against. Uh, and then you've got Rachel Burford in the in the midfield orchestrating what's going on. Her experience and her distribution has been key this year. Um, and then you've got Loughborough with—they've been. Very, they've done really well in terms of uh, getting players this season with Katie McLean, they, sorry, Katie Daly McLean, 
going there as well as Emily Scarrett and then you've got England captain um, Sarah Hunter and Kath O'Donnell so you've got you've got some big players in the pack and then the kicking game from Katie and Emily I think are going to be absolutely key if they can pin um, if they can pin them back I think you know this could be all on mm-hmm. the two finals uh, the two semi-finals um, if you're around Allianz Park or this two please go along and watch on Saturday and Sunday the final is at Northampton Saints on April the 27th. Is it anything like it was last year? It'll be fantastic. And don't forget, don't bother with Gary Lineker's soggy old Walker's crisps. Terrell's extra crispy crisps are the ones for rugby people all over the world. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just referring to uh, this week's premiership programme, it's, ba- it's basically the whole programme is dedicated to uh, Restart Rugby, which is the, I suppose you could say, the, the charitable arm or the charitable partner of, of the RPA. Uh, Christian, um, some of the stuff that Restart Rugby has already helped, um, people with physical injury, mental injury, people having difficulty... Um, sort of transforming themselves from player to non-player, etc., um, has been wonderful. But do, do, do we sense now that the number of people who are asking for help and ringing the the, the helplines, etc., is growing? Yeah, I think that's the transformation in what the charity is doing now. I think the, the, the historic way the charity has been used has always been those major injuries, which are very visible and everyone knows about them. So, so for me, you know, Rob Horn last year, who suffered an injury that you never ever want to see. And the second that happens, restart springs into action, and, it, and it's very much a case of what can you do to help. And in in Rob's case, it was actually quite minimal because because he was basically, you know, told the news near enough instantaneously that that this was not a good prognosis, and it was about assisting him getting back home. It was about potentially providing assistance with a, an automatic car, things like that, just little things that make his journey a little bit easier. But I mean, there's there's countless stories of those kind of physical problems that that players will will encounter in a, an incredibly physical game um, and every club will have its it's not a talisman but it's an example of a player that needed some help but but as you say and I think this is society at large it's not just rugby but mm. um, mental health is becoming more and more prominent more and more of an issue in the game um, I've been given some stats and I think one in four people in the street will encounter a mental welfare issue in, in per year and turn that to professional rugby and it turns into two in three of our retired players say they they suffer at some point in a year post rugby so restart two in three two in three yeah. that's a shocking from figure, a, isn't it? from a the survey of our past players um so so we the rpa felt that we need to act and, and in the last i think two or three years now there's there's been a confidential counseling helpline available to all of our current and ex-pros um, and that is funded entirely through Restart. And I've got to say, 
since I'm now employed by the RPI, I get to see how many players use that and, and X players, and I was genuinely shocked how many players ring that number. And and it's not just players; it's partners as well. It's it's parents, um, and it's a service that that's very much needed. And I think people are much more open to speak about mental health nowadays, and that's probably why it's it's needed as much as it is. Um, it costs the charity around about fifty, sixty thousand pounds a year, and and all of the proceeds of Restart Weekend are going to go towards that. Rocky, um, this thing about transition, um, no one put more into the game than you did. No one was so passionate and, and, and almost welded to the game uh, as you were. No one, no one in, your, in your time uh, sort of won 100 caps, etc. Even though you're still playing club level, have you found difficulty trans... trans did you always fear the transition? Yeah, it's something I definitely feared and... and tried not to think too much about and it's only when you're there you just realize how difficult it is and mm. how difficult it is for people who've gone before you and you've you've been sympathetic but you don't know till you're there <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely key to get that extra help and and make sure you you talk about any issues and you know it has been really tough but as long as you've got a good support network around you and you know the ability to reach mm. out when you need to mm. you know it's you'll be helped through it but I'm, I'm aware that I've spoke to uh, ex-players who've said you know it'll take you like at least a couple of years to actually feel out of the game and feel back, back to normal Oh and um, when, when um, um, the RPA started their lift the weight campaign a few years ago one of the people that you know some people in the outside world wouldn't ever dream was, was, was struggling was Johnny Wilkinson mm. you did a heck of a lot of work with him were, were you aware toward the end of his career of the struggles that he had yeah, yes, I was because um, uh, one of the moments in my entire uh, career as a as a writer um, was when I uh, helped Johnny with his autobiography, and uh, I remember sitting in his house in um, uh, in the south of France when he was playing at Toulon, and talking through this stuff. And I was, I, I uh, until that point, I had um, no. I, I had no idea. That, I mean, you know, he was always a, 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 an unusual and complicated person. Mm. Um, but then he, he, when he started telling me these stories about um, the lows that he'd hit and and what he'd gone through when he was when he was right down there, um, well, well, one when someone tells you stuff like that, it's it's a, a confiding thing, and it and and it's. Um, it's it, it, it's a it's a it's a very tender sort of moment when you share something like that with someone, which, mm. which he did, and at the same time he knew he was doing it for his book, and and, and we and and I and I, so I wrote down what he said, and 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 sort of started working on a on a chapter and sent it to him, and then we had a quite a few um to it bit of toing and froing when he was going, listen, do I, I'm not sure I want that in the book, um uh, you know people think I'm Johnny Wilkinson, you know the England the England hero, and and they don't you know. I'm not sure I want them to to hear that I'm Johnny, who's troubled, who's not always the the, the man, uh, the man, the the guy that boys have pinned up on their on the posters on their bedroom walls, etc. And and we we talked it through, and and so as you expect, I said, well, it, it's it makes you more vivid as a human being. It, it makes it makes your I think it makes your story more interesting. It gives you more depth, and and it would help people to to know that. Um, uh, and um, I, I, he thought about it for for a fair time and and, and agreed. And, and he and now he's um, he, he's one of the um, bigger faces of of, of mental health campaigns, uh, in, especially in sport in the country. Christian, um, we talk about mental problems. How much of those in the players you you come across or who've run into the helpline are kind of rugby related? In that people are suddenly now out in the big wide world. There's no one coaches telling them what to do for every minute. Uh, or how much of them are actually um, almost incidental to rugby? There were mental problems any, anyway. Um, it's just difficult to answer without knowing all mm. the, the cases. I, I, know, I don't get to know who, who phones the number, but mm. injuries one, which which leads to, to problems. Johnny Wilkinson suffered years and years of injuries, and and also that pressure of of people on himself if he had to perform every weekend. Um, mm. Post rugby, I mean, it's something I've found since I've retired because I. I exited the game on my own terms. I knew in September, October time I was going to retire at the end of that season. I was relatively injury free. I had a job lined up by Christmas time. I'm mm. a, I, I like to think of myself as quite self-sufficient. I can, I can look after myself. And probably 
a month, two months into my new job, I was genuinely struggling because mm. because no one gave me the schedule on Sunday that told me where I was going the next week. Because mm. no one cooked my meals twice a day. Mm. Because there weren't forty guys who were going through what I was going with through and chatting to every day and going for a coffee at half two in the afternoon. All that gets taken away, and and it's it's been institutionalized, really, isn't it? You, you're used to something. I did it for seventeen years as a professional, and and it got taken and whether I was ready for it or not personally it still got taken away it's a loss of identity isn't it mm. and a loss of, of what your purpose is that's something I've found and having spoke to other people that that you're just what, what's my purpose and purpose, so many people yeah. keep trying new things and I'm I'm going to be no exception I'm going to see if I can uh, take up cycling and you know I've really thrown myself into all my gym work and stuff and it's like I don't need to do that I'm I'm not you know Rocky Clark England player anymore I don't need mm. to but certainly there's still that like that athlete mentality in there and I need mm. to change that do you, do you, Christian do you, do you think that that, that, um, that maybe this is uh, uh, particularly so uh, a, a, a rugby thing because uh, professional rugby players have, have been told that the modern professional rugby player has, has been an, an athlete hero amongst school school friends etc from the age of uh, 10 11 12 and then they get recruited and 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 if you make it into the professional world then you then you you are you are a a, a big uh, uh heroic athletic figure to, to people in the crowd and you get applauded every weekend and, and there is a, a manliness uh, in the camaraderie of the changing room as well and and it's and it's not easy to admit that you have a weakness or you're afraid of something or you're not feeling on top of things and 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 that is how rugby culture has been and maybe it's slightly changing now we're now it's okay to have these sort of conversations but i think i think rugby in particular a, a, a sort of a man sport in inverted commas um makes it t- 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 makes it less surprising for me in rugby yeah does that is that nonsense it's not nonsense i think professional sport takes people to place and that's why professional sport's brilliant everyone wants to watch professional sport because it's competitive and you don't know who's going to win on the weekend and and it's going to take you to extremes of of happiness and disappointment and that's that's something that's going to come from every sport and and you're right rugby ha- always has been the tough you know the tough mantra just get on with things we're not you know you're not going to roll around on the floor with injury you're going to pick yourself back up and, and get on with things um and yeah that undoubtedly does contribute but what i would say about rugby is certainly not in the teams I played in there were 30 or 40 people in the changing room who you could talk to there weren't cliques there weren't superstars who were aloof and didn't speak to people um, they're tough environments but but there are people to talk to and and I think that's one of the good things about rugby to be honest and I think that translates all the way down to the amateur game It's funny, it's funny because everyone would expect Rocky to be the toughest person in the England squad and, and when you think of Duncan Bell at Bath big dunk everyone would have thought well he's the last person to be ever always had a big smile on his face and yet it was him who who had the guts to kick it off at Bath and get up in front of the team and say, look, I'm, I'm having depression. And I have to say, Mark Jennings has never, ever confided in anyone or any about anything in his whole life. But last weekend, he finally sent out a, a little tweet about stuff. Uh, when I came to see him, I thought, well, he's never going to say anything to me. This is going to be tough. He absolutely unloaded the whole thing. Mm. And I think that's why... Well, it's sorry, an amazing sorry, read. For I, anyone I want, who hasn't read it, it, it I would recommend I know, it. It's I, I'm amazing not, I'm read. Not, but I mean, what I'm saying is it was actually the people who helped him with the RPA um, and, and, you know, he's got people who go to see him once a week and then they put him in touch with a, 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 a psychiatrist in London. And to be fair to the bloke, you know, he said at the end, I enjoyed the conversation. And I was thinking, God, it's going to be terrible. And, you know, when you interview people and they never say anything, you think, oh, this is terrible, but... As, as as Mark kept on talking and talking, I was thinking, God, this is this is terrible in another way. I can't believe all this happened to him, you know. And so talking is, 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 has got to be the right thing. Does he and want to come? Does he want to play again, though? I mean, I, 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 he's not playing. He doesn't want to play again. No, well, the question is, I was going to say, oh, a bit of a bad luck. You lost your sales chance career. Um, when when are you going to come back? But I realised when I was there, there's absolutely nothing at stake regarding that he just wants to stay alive mm. with his with his young youngster and, and there's no happy ending yet there's a lot a lot of ground to cover maybe at some stage you might play amateur rugby but the pro rugby you, you just get these injuries and as, as christian said that was half the time you sitting there for six months recovering on his own as he always was you know 
Um, Christian, Restart Rugby, how is the uh, fundraising actually done? Are are each club having a collection or is there a website that people can go on to? Yeah, so two, the big thing for me was I've come on board this year in, in this player liaison role. We've never had anything like it before. And for me, the players need to start giving a little bit back to the charity more than they are so so the big mm. challenge for the players this weekend was to try and turn the premiership red so they're, they're all hopefully going to be wearing their red boots and their red laces, their red tape trying to raise the, the awareness of the charity because I've, I've had to explain to you today what Restart is and what Restart does for, mm. for the listeners or whoever else, it's the players charity and, and that's something that we need to build so that when Restart weekend comes around supporters know they can support their players on that weekend how can they fundraise I think five of the six games this weekend are going to be fundraising on the day we've also got a players auction which is going on if you if you go on the RPA or the restart Twitter you'll you'll find links to the auction that we've got some really amazing items have been given every every club's got an ambassador so I know Henry Slade's boots are on there I know you can go to Leicester's game against Bristol in corporate hospitality with the players you can go down to Bath and watch training and have lunch with the players all unique items that the players have donated and, and the target is to, to raise £20,000 over the weekend and I know that with the stuff we've got and the, and the opportunity we've got we can do that. So uh, that's again if you look at the RPA oh. or the Restart websites you will um, everybody out there um, you'll be able to to uh, take part in it and hopefully um, the premiership will, will be painted red. What would be your um, uh, going forward after that what's the next stages? I mean you say you're liaising with players um, you're just going to be out and about all season and just chasing people down, really? What, for myself? Yeah. I chase after them all day, every day. <laughs> when you think you've got a quiet day, the phone rings at 11 o'clock at night and something's gone wrong and you uh, you try and make a difference for them. It's um, it's a nice, nice thing about what I do, really. It's never the same any day. and um, no, It's nice to work in rugby still and, and still get to interact with, with so many brilliant guys and I'm very lucky to do that. And uh, Rocky, um, that was all very um, instructive. Owen and I have never had um, transition problems, although they may be coming along in a different way for us. But um, you, you, me before you, Slotty, of course. <laughs> but um, thanks for that. What, what's your um, career path? Have you sorted out a career path, or are you still in that transition period where you're trying to work it out? Yeah, I've always um, always done my coaching, so I'm doing my level four coaching um, at the moment. So hopefully mm. qualified by the end of the year. Mm. Um, I want to uh, give my best shot at, at doing some punditry and stuff, and I've done I've um, I've done some commentating etc. over Six Nations, which has been really good. And yeah, I, th- I think coaching and and see what I can achieve. You know, still involved in rugby in any way I can. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like Rocky's underplayed that. A level four coach. There aren't many level four coaches <laughs> in the country, say, are there? That's that's the that's the very top of the tree. That's that's like a degree, isn't it? Mm. It's been really yeah. tough. It's, not, it's not, not a weekend it. for you coaching. No, badge, it's that. not. Um, it's not nine till three. You're suddenly <laughs> yeah. a level four. It's a year and a half course. Yeah. Yeah. Swati, do we think there will be a vacancy? For the England men's senior coach coming up, the Rocky could apply for it. after the world, <laughs> after the world, after the World Cup. Very good, Jonesy. Yeah. No, because um, all France or uh, there's quite a few others. So you what, never the know. Lions. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. The Lions. Rocky, as well. I think, I think well, you know, it's your pick. There we go. How long, I'll, bef- I'll, I'll how long get before me, um, we'll have a, a CV ready? Eh? Coach in the men's game. <laughs> well, I think okay. I, I think the next good question. Uh, how long till we have a, a female coach in the men's game? Well, first of all, let's have let's have a national coach with the for the England women who, who who's female, and I think the next appointment should be that. But um, but the, but there we go. Owen, oh, um, we've heard a lot about players. Do you think? Do we think that out there? People looked up to players so much and they think, oh, God, they're so lucky they're playing the match of their dreams. I'd love to be a professional rugby player. All they do is sit around in their tracksuits, etc. Is it a hard sell for some people to grasp the depth of these people's problems? Well, if we're talking mental health, what, is the thing, what you're suggesting, then it's, some, it's, a, it's, still a, it's still newish that we can talk about this op- so openly and that, that we can say sportsmen and, and our, our heroes again in vertical commas um uh, experience these things so I, I i think it is yeah i think i th- and i think it's a really um fantastic uh i hopefully would have said this if christian wasn't sitting next to me and twice my size but i just think it's fantastic that kids going into clubs now uh they're, they're told pretty much on arrival you know it, that there are going to be great days you might you might 
win a trophy, you might play at Twickenham, you'll have lots of people thinking you're fantastic. But there's the other side of it as well, you know, it's not all glamour. And I think they, they pretty much get that picture when they start now, don't they? Yeah, they do. I was, I was a bit shocked actually. Last week I saw, I think it was a 14 year old schoolboy signed his first professional contract, which I'd never seen a, a kid that age. No. And it's in, and, and it's in rugby. I think it was a. Uh, I think Linethley signed an English schoolboy to a to a six year contract or something at fourteen years old. And I and I could not believe that's that. Right, that's I didn't right. even know that was allowed. And, and I remember, <laughs> I remember my first day at Sale Sharks. I turned up at eighteen. I weighed ninety five kilos. I I was told to go and do some bench press, and I asked, "What's the bench press?" <laughs> <laughs> we got given a pair of socks, a pair of shorts, and one T-shirt. And if you train with the, if you were good enough to make the first team, you got given a waterproof top. Mm. And now you've got sixteen-year-old kids wearing the first team kit, the first team tracksuits with nutritionists and weight training, everything. and the game is just different now. And mm. you're right; they they do get educated early, and and we try to play a part of that. We have our you know our rookie camp every August September time. Where we have every new player, and we try to give them some, some advice, some some stories, particularly from ex pros. Things are different now. You're not the best kid from school anymore. You're you're one of a thousand top rugby players in this country, and and your journey starts again now. And but like I say, the game is just different now. It's different, and and the same I said about the women's game. The women's game now that you've got forty professional women, it's different now, and it'll start growing and growing and changing and and. That's exciting for rugby, and, and I think with so much going on in the world game, it's exciting. But but changes are coming, and and it's trying to make sure those changes are managed rather than exposed. It, it it's um uh, we've pr- pr- um we've revealed some pretty depressing items and some stories today. But actually, I think uh, the, the 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 ultra message is that rugby's looking after its own now on and off the field it's trying to do so in terms of laws it's not trying to do so in terms of cutting down the number of international matches which is still crazy i'm sorry um, but it is a caring did environment did you manage to it's, sneak that into the I conversation did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. got through almost to the end my fault <laughs> <laughs> i've not mentioned Teed him up. <laughs> I've, not, I've not mentioned spurs at all yet or our <laughs> magnificent new stadium um but Rocky, I always say uh, the people I didn't like in rugby that I've met, I could count on the fingers of one hand. Is, t- is that still the, is, would that still be the case for you? Yeah, I like you. You get on pretty much with everybody. There's there's still a few people that you just nod at, maybe. But name and shame. Just name those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, I've had some fantastic battles on the field, and mm. and there is that mutual respect because you are, you know, putting your bodies on the line and and. At times, ripping into each other, and that's that's the physical uh, physicality element that I absolutely love and thrive mm. off. Um, but but certainly, I've just this weekend um, we celebrated uh, Natasha Hunt or Mo Hunt um, her thirtieth birthday, and she had a, a barn dance um, down in, in, near Gloucester, and the amount of people in there from every different walk of rugby team she's had anything to do with mm. was amazing it felt like we were at her funeral like, <laughs> there were so many different people there and you just think how loved she is and that was yeah. such a wonderful moment everyone's you know grabbing hold of each other doing barn dancing and all in their sort of western outfit and that was just a really lovely moment and you know happy birthday to natasha okay oh We'll get that psychiatrist ready there. You weren't invited, were you, We'd leave the last word to Christian, but players these days don't talk to us as much as they used to. We get one-line answers from media-managed uh, people. Is that one of the great shames? And we're all missing out on how, how big these characters are. Uh, yes, straightforward answer, yes. I think professional sport, unfortunately, does that to... Um, to people, uh, especially in this country, uh, there's a distrust of the media, which in rugby I think is um, unnecessary. Um, but it's it, it is the way that that, that players um, have have become for a number of reasons, and it's a shame. Christian, hopefully, you have the last word. We're going to turn the Premiership red this weekend with the six games and a big fundraising a, a, around it. Um, but that's just one day, and then the rest of the program starts after after that immediately after that. Yeah, I mean, we we're there for our players twenty four seven, and and the, and that's what I the attitude I'm, I just want to build on from from now is that the fans are there for their their players every weekend, and I just don't think they realise sometimes how much how much help their their heroes need, and and 
the more we can encourage that help to, to come forward, the better. Well spoken. We wish you all the best. Remains for us three, uh, you three now, to give me your God and Goddess of the Week. We can make these a little bit light-hearted, I think. doesn't have to be a doctor or someone like that. But um, <laughs> a God or Goddess of the Week, um, we'll g- I'll give you about three seconds to think about it. And um, then I'll decide who the winner is. So, uh, Stotty, you're used to this. Um, let's have your God or Goddess of the Week, please. Yeah, I'm going to go straight forward, uh, straight to a player I saw yesterday who is, has been mentioned um, already on this podcast, but but people don't know much about him. Uh, he's um, been a pro since uh, 2010. Uh, he'd scored seven premiership tries in those nine years until yesterday when he scored a, a hat-trick in 40 minutes. Um, that's Mark Atkinson, who who is a great story of perseverance. He, he um, played for Sale and then Wasps, and then he dropped out of the premiership and... Um, I, I would expect that most people thought they wouldn't see him back in there. He played uh, three years uh, down at Easter and then Bedford, um, uh, bounced back, given a chance at Gloucester, and he's been one of the most consistent players this season. And then yesterday he put together a hat trick in, in in the first half of the game, and I thought, what a wonderful, wonderful story of an unsung hero of the game. Okay, well done and well bashed with that microphone. We'll we'll certainly try to edit that out afterwards. But well done, <laughs> Rocky. I'm going to go for Natasha Hunt. I know it was only her birthday, but uh, it just shows how loved she is. Uh, she had people there from the 2014 World Cup that she was um, the, the scrum half, winning scrum half there. Yeah. Uh, sevens, England Sevens players, Gloucester players, Litchfield players. Such a lovely girl. And to see her on stage singing and then jumping off the stage into the crowd, she's still got a lot of fun <laughs> in her. Uh, so girl okay okay christian i i can't quite believe i'm putting this name forward in such a serious context but um but no your article on the weekend was was superb steve i've got to say and you mentioned in it how how you you truly believe that the intervention of some people has, has saved a life um and that's a number of people it's not just not just the rpa or, or anyone else um no, num- numerous people have contributed but one guy in particular came on board with the rpa in the summer and he's probably the most unassuming strange 40 cap international ex rugby player you could ever meet but he he landed as the the player development manager at, at sale sharks in the summer and i think within his first two months in the job what landed on his plate was the biggest welfare issue we've had as an association in years and not only did he deal with it by the book and give the support that was needed to save a life but he also devoted huge amounts of his own personal time and, and also feelings towards helping an individual who was very difficult to help at, at the start of proceedings. So Mike McCarthy, the, one of the weirdest fish I have ever had the pleasure <laughs> of coming across, a top bloke, um, but he is my nomination for the, uh, the Hero of the Week. Well, so far we've got three nominations. People are all a bit bonkers. But, um, <laughs> but there were three good ones. I, I, I have to say, I'm still going to um, trump you all. I think... Um, Mine is still best. It's um, she's a little bit young, but it's Lily Orla Jennings, who's um, Mark's baby, who's got the biggest, brightest, uh, most almost volcanic smile I've ever seen, and in a room where that sort of thing was really um, was really needed. So uh, I have to say uh, that we've got four good ones there. I think I might even bottle it and put everyone <laughs> in joint fourth place. But Lily Orla Jennings was absolutely lovely, and thank God, as I said to Mark, she's got a mum's looks, not his. <laughs> uh, thanks a million, uh, Rocky. It's always uh, always an honour. Slotty, it's always reasonably a big honour when you're on. And Christian, thanks for um, coming, and hopefully you come back and uh, tell us the fruits of, of some of your work later. Thanks for listening to The Rut. Thank you.